Good evening and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call. My name is Kim Moore and I'm excited that you are here with us. This is the 100th call. This is the 100th time that we've done this. And Amy's got a giveaway here to we can celebrate and be a blessing to someone on this line. Uh, it's just amazing what God is doing, and so we want to be a blessing to you. Uh, just, it's just been an amazing past several days. We just finished up the Connect training. But I guess before we get started, um, let's do this. Uh, if you're new to the line, I welcome you. Um, I, I welcome you sincerely, and um, whatever brought you here, we pray that you are blessed and that you receive something from the Spirit of God as you're on this line. Uh, I'm not going to go over the format as we normally do, except to say we pray, make some announcements, uh, share a little bit, and pray again. And I'll uh, leave it at that. Oh, I do need to make a couple announcements. Let me not forget this. Jumping for Joy is happening, and we are going to be Zooming in your area. That is, we are going to be working with people on the ground, and as they go to the Capitol and stand on the steps, we will be on a Zoom call. We will be there with you. We will pray, and we are working those details out now. We are looking at Maryland and Washington next. Also, I just got uh, an opportunity, and we are exploring it, to go to Tennessee on next week. And if we do end up going, we are going to make it our business to be at the Capitol and assemble. I got a call from a lady from Tennessee who is very much interested and supportive of what we're doing. And she said, you've got to come. you just got to come to Tennessee and share and, and pray and, and to share. And so we are trying to work out the details to be able to do that. And in those states that are open, we're going to make our way there. But we're also going to use Zoom and not be limited by uh, the ability of open states, closed states. Can we get there? Can we not get there? When doors open, we'll go, and when they don't, we will Zoom. And so that's kind of where we are. We'll keep you up to date. Our goal still is to pray kingdom marriage in 50 states and U.S. territories. And so I don't know how long it will take us, but we will finish what God has asked us to do and make sure every state and U.S. territory is seated with kingdom marriage. And also, let's see, we've been praying about uh, divine strategies in terms of married couples and just really how to help. And I told you last week that God is answering and downloading and one of the things that came out of that was the four-day connect training. And um, I'm going to uh, get Amy in here in a moment. I'm just going to go through these and then turn it over to her for a moment. Um, but we did the four-day connect training. We'll share a little bit about that with you. But also what came out of this time of prayer and just, you know, understanding what God would say, what he would have us to do, is relationship game changers. One of the things that we hear over and over on this call, uh, many of you know that are on this call, we have married couples on this call, we have husbands, we have wives, we have separated uh, individuals on this call, we have divorced um, 
people on the call. We have widows on this call weekly. We have unmarried people wanting to be married. And the, uh, the reverberating theme that I continue to hear as I talk to people offline and just people who have been even through the Connect training is that I know you're talking about marriage, but the things you are saying are applicable to every relationship, and I believe that's true, and it's a confirmation that when we teach kingdom, it transcends all of this natural earthly stuff that we get caught up in, and we have the best chance of experiencing oneness and unity when we think about and approach uh, things from a kingdom perspective rather than a human perspective. And so relationship game changers uh, is, a, 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 is a group of people, they're, you know, women, and you know, it's mostly women, but there are men too that, that see what God is doing and receive the revelation. But basically these are people that have decided they are going to show up in relationship. No more hiding, no more disguising. We, they are showing up and whatever comes with it. They're exercising their freedom responsibly and they are influencing outcomes in significant relationships. And so we're people. We are just people who want to show up in relationship. And so um, we'll be talking more about that each week as we go along. If that is something you are interested in, please email me at Kim at more on relationships that's my last name more on relationships.com or you can private message me and what we'll be providing is tools and opportunities that you can learn on your own um, and those for those of you that do want the interaction we'll be creating a Facebook private group relationship game changers where we can ask real questions get real answers real time and uh, I will be interacting uh, on a regular basis live in that group. Um, and so, again, if any of this interests you, then please, please make yourself known to me so that we can get you on the mailing list so that you stay abreast and can hop into this, this stream um, as it becomes available to you. Well, Amy, let me turn it over to you, and uh, let's see. Let's see where are we um, Amy, or let's see. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Well, first off, we had um, Mavi and Patsy were sharing a little bit as we were getting on the call. And um, I wanted us to hear from Pam as well, who was in the class. Um, just for anyone who didn't have the opportunity yet uh, to be in the connection class, to hear a little bit about um, what it was like for you, Pam, and um, that's what um, Kim's been talking about. So if you're interested in, in being a game changer and just private message, like she said, you can get on Facebook to Kim Moore and just private message that way, and we'll get you information as we continue to roll this out. But I wanted Pam to share a little bit as well, just what she got from the class. Um, so Pam, if you'll star six, we can hear you. Good evening. Um, thank you, Amy. Good, good evening to everyone. Um, so I have to tell you, this. I, I, of course I prayed before the um, course started that God would exceed my expectations, and I prayed that prayer not really having a specific gauge as to what that would look like. 
Um, but I have to tell you that it was almost like um, I think the way it, it manifested itself, that exceeding the expectation, because indeed the Course did that, was uh, it, it was a gradual revelation. Um, I am a staunch introvert, and I have um, probably spent most of my life mastering the art of communicating to get something done. And beyond that, I just really don't have much need for um, connecting. And um, uh, while I knew that, I've I've read um, Kim's materials and and I recognized it, Um, God really spoke to me in a different way and really showed me in my more recent um, years how that has impacted uh, the relationships that are most important to me. And um, I I have to tell you all that I also realized that um, in interacting with me and my husband, Kim has practiced the techniques that she taught us about, and I, I didn't even realize it. So in presenting those techniques, to us, um, it seems very mechanical when you first start practicing it. But as I focused on some of my conversations with Kim, I realized, and actually with Amy, I realized that they apply this in the conversation and it connects. And the beauty of what um, we learned also was that it absolutely transcends um, the marriage relationship. And so for me, God really spoke to me about how critical it is for me at this point um, to really take this to heart because I know that uh, as a believer, it's critical um, to be what Kim has talked about, about being a relationship game changer. So I um, am just really excited about what, is ahead, and um, when I get a little overwhelmed about it, and that introvert piece of me um, starts rearing its ugly head, I just, I know that's really the enemy who wants to keep me locked in that um, box that will prevent me um, from really uh, having a greater impact on on. Um, believers and unbelievers. So I'm excited and just thankful um, for God's grace and, and for all that he has birthed in Kim. Um, and so I just I thank God for, um, for you, Kim, and for you, Amy. And thanks for the opportunity to share. Thank you for sharing, Pam. You are such a delight. And the more that I interact with you, it's like you just have these nuggets of wisdom and just to see just the way God uses you, just this humility that you walk in is so beautiful. And I really appreciate you sharing with us and just sharing your life because it does, you are a game changer. And that is my desire too, to be a game changer. And and I know that that's you know, those words, game-changing, and, and that's, that's really what it's all about, really making a difference in, in every relationship. So thank you for sharing it. You've, you've definitely <laughs> brought depth. It, 
that is what this is about. It is about truly game-changing. And thank you so much for sharing, Pam. And, Kim, do you want to add anything to that before I? No, I, I, you know, I I appreciate, I appreciate the input. And, um, you know, I I am also an introvert, although it may not seem like that. So I I do get it. I do get it. I, I did learn how to communicate to get things done. And that, unfortunately, is not enough in the relationships that matter most and that we say matters most. And so, you know, um. And I also would affirm that that we do make an every effort, not perfect, but we do practice what we uh, what we teach. And I think that's the difference. You have to live it. And so that's what we try to do here. Thanks, Pam. <laughs> so with that being said, if anybody wants to continue to participate in um, being a game changer, like we said, just private message. And I have one more announcement. Before you get going, Kim, and that announcement is we are so excited about this being the 100th call. We wanted to do something to celebrate. So we decided we'd give away coaching at three sessions. So that's normally a value of, let's see, $4.95. So it's, it's like a full package of coaching for caller number 10. So I'm going to read out your number, your phone number, and if that's you, just Unmute yourself so we know who it is, and we will get in touch with you for your gift. The number is 336-248-4311. And you can star six. Hi, Amy. It's Lynn, North Carolina. Yay! It's Lynn! <laughs> Yay! Oh, it's Lynn! Woohoo! <laughs> That's awesome! Lynn's our winner! <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Okay, honey. That's, well, that's awesome. fabulous. We'll get. That's Yay, awesome. Congratulations. So excited, that's awesome. Well, Amy, make sure <laughs> we have contact information so we can reach out and. And be a blessing. I sure do. I've got it. And I will get with you, Lynn. And then go ahead, Kim. All right. Well, again, I'm excited that you're here. I really, really believe that uh, I really believe that God is calling for relationship game changers in whatever relationship that he has given us to steward. And there are actually three relationships that each of us have to deal with, and really only three, our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with others. And so how, how we are, the quality, the health of our lives uh, has, has everything to do with one of those three relationships. And um, I like to say every problem is a person and every answer is a person or every problem is a relationship and Every solution is a relationship, an adjustment or a change in relationship. And and as Christians, more than anything else, we ought to be game changers. We ought to be, be able to go into a relationship and influence the outcomes, which is different from controlling outcomes. Influencing, uh, you put your desire out there, you show up, but then you leave the ultimate decision 
to the person that you're in relationship with. And when that person decides uh, favorably or even most importantly unfavorably, we don't retaliate because we respect, we honor, and we value the free will and each person's ability to think and decide for themselves. And I'll tell you what, when you get free, You'll start, wanting set, you'll start wanting to set everybody free. It is just contagious. It is, uh, that's what the love of God does in us. It makes us, it motivates us and inspires us to want to just let go. And, you know, I just sometimes don't think we have enough of the love of God operating in us. But tonight I wanted to talk about three phases or the process of marriage, or the process of any significant relationship will go through this process. Um, And uh, before I give you that process, I want to say this. In those relationships, God is doing three things. Isn't it amazing? I think before I talked about three things, faith, hope, and love. We talked about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, and I, I did a series on threes. Um, well, there's only three things that God is doing in these important relationships. And it could be a marriage, um, you know, significant relationships, um, you know, they're, they're just designed to change us, but they're also designed to change others. And so while we're talking about marriage, it could just as easily be a child, a parent-child relationship. It could just as easily be your relationship with your boss or supervisor, your pastor, friend, a teammate. It's those relationships, they are those relationships that really matter to us, that we're affected by them, that when something happens, um, you know, they, they, these types of relationships, these significant relationships have the opportunity to hurt us. Um, because at some level we are vulnerable or God desires us to be vulnerable in those relationships. So in significant relationships, what I find scripturally when I read the life of Jesus, and, and I love what he does because he uses something very simple and very tangible, and he does it over and over again. And so you have to wonder, if he's doing this over and over again, what does it mean? So when we talk about what God is doing in relationships, the three things he's doing is he is blessing them, he is breaking those in it, and he's serving or bestowing each one to the other. Where do I get this from? Well, Jesus, when he, uh, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and then he distributed it. And that's what God is doing with our lives. And as relationship game changers, if we can understand that we are being blessed, that every day we are being blessed, and at the same time there's a breaking, a changing going on in our life so that God can distribute us. Because if it were up to us, we'd serve the whole loaf of bread and probably have the people we love choking and spitting it out because we're just sending too much at one time. And so Jesus takes this bread, he blesses it, He breaks it, and he distributes it. And then he said the most profound statement. He said, I am the bread. I am the bread. So what he was saying is, this is what God is doing to my life. He has blessed me. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He blessed me. And then he broke me. He allowed me to experience the human condition and to fill up 
and to take upon himself our sins and, and the brokenness that results from, from when we sin and, and the heart, heartache and the hurt. And then uh, he was on the cross and God raised him from the dead. And through the Holy Spirit, God redistributes or distributes his life and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that is what God is doing in each of our lives now. He's blessing us. He's allowing us to be broken, and he's distributing us to the people we love. And I'm going to tell you why it gets hard, and and this is what I really want to talk about. And why it gets hard is because each relationship goes through three phases. Every significant relationship goes through three phases. You see it with the disciples. You, you see it with anyone that was in a significant relationship in the Bible. And the three stages are this, the ideal, the ordeal, and the real deal. So let me pause here and just pray. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for your presence. I thank you, Father God, that these are your people. I thank you, Father God, for they hunger and thirst after righteousness. I pray, God, that you would illuminate your word, that, Father God, that you would cause it to light up in their hearts, God, that you would give them understanding, Lord. For we can speak, but your spirit is what gives understanding. And so, Lord, I ask you now just to release your spirit and give understanding to your people. You said if we lack wisdom, you would give it to us without finding fault. And so, Father, tonight I thank you for dispensing your wisdom. And, Lord, that your people, Lord, that you would say things in a language that they can understand and grasp, God. And, Lord, illuminate them and cause life to come to them that they, too, might develop and become game changers in the relationships that matter to them most. In Jesus' name, amen. So the three phases of relationship I mentioned were the ideal, the ordeal, and the real deal. And when we talk about marriage, when we talk about the ideal of any relationship, we're talking about that, that romantic phase. And it's not necessarily even a, a sexual romanticism, but it's just the newness. It's new. You get to a new church, and it's new, and everything's wonderful. You hear the most amazing sermon. The people are really nice. Or in marriage, you're dating, you know, and I, I always say people date, lie, and love it, and then they get married, and they start telling the truth, and they hate it. And, you know, it's interesting. We get into into these situations, or it could be a friendship. You know, you met at a at a retreat or, you know, something was going on, and, and you just kind of hit it off, and you all became friends. And, you know, there's this honeymoon period in this process. It, it's just the, the good time. There are good feelings being exchanged. You know, you enjoy being with each other. You know, there is a, there's almost like in marriage or in dating, it might be a euphoria. It, it might be... Um, and adrenaline, it's like all of your senses are on. They're, they're, they're on, go. And um, there's a, in, in this phase, there's kind of an eagerness to please. We don't want to hurt each other's feelings. You know, we just, you know, we just, we feel a sense of wholeness in these relationships. This, this person, they add something to us that we experienced is missing. And so there is just, um, there's just a contentment in this phase of the relationship. You know, lots of pleases and thank yous, and, and when you step on that person's toe, you, you assume they didn't mean it. You, you know, you just, you know, oh, I, I know you didn't mean that. You know, your, the feelings hurt, and we're quick to give 
forgiveness, quick to give apologies. You know, we're, it's just a kind time. Everybody enjoys the time because you get to be you and that other person gets to be themselves with few or without interruption. And I mean, and if you get to be yourself in a relationship and you feel that kind of freedom, that is, it, it's intoxicating to be free in a relationship. And so in the ideal phase, you feel some level of freedom or some answer to some need has been met. You know, and when you're in a a dating relationship, you might say things like, I know we just met, but I feel like I already know you. And it doesn't have to be a dating relationship. I've met people and it's like, my God, I know them from somewhere. I don't know them from Adam. But something about the connection, just, you know, you feel like you've known them a long time. Um, Other things that might be said, it feels like I've always known you. Um, and when I'm with you, I feel complete. Or, you know, they really speaks to me. This, this message or this pastor really speaks to me. Or, you know, I just really lo- enjoy, you know, just being around this person. And when it gets really bad, it's like, I just can't live without you. It's like you're the air I breathe. Right, really. But that's the way you feel about it sometimes. You know, it's easy to be, leave the best in this phase because you really – haven't experienced the rest of it. You know, the scripture that comes to mind as I think about this phase is the Song of Solomon. And actually, the book of the Song of Solomon takes you through these phases. And I'm not going to obviously read the whole book of Song of Solomon, but just a few. In this stage, I call the ideal or the romantic or the, the, the honeymoon or just the newness of the relationship. And in, in a Song of Solomon 2, 5 through 6, The woman is saying, revive me with your raisin cakes. Refresh me again with your apples. Help me and hold me, for I am lovesick. That word lovesick means to be in a frenzy, a temporary insanity, wildly excited, enthusiastic. And then it goes on to say, I am longing for more, yet how could I take more? And then it just goes on to talk about this experience that she's having in this this man's presence. And again, while we're talking about marriage, certainly uh, not to necessarily to this extent, but we've always, all of us have felt when we've had new relationships or a new church or a new job and somebody makes you feel really welcome and, and wanted and celebrated, we have this experience of the ideal. It couldn't get any better. And why change anything? And, and so we want to live there, unfortunately, Um, Because God has an agenda, and his agenda is to bless you. That's the blessing stage. You're being blessed. You're being celebrated. You're being validated. You're not being asked to change. You're being asked to be who you are at some level, and it feels really, really good. But a lot of times who we have shown up to be is not who we are. And so the phase, uh, uh, the next phase is the breaking phase. So God blesses us, then he begins the breaking. And let me say this, marriage is perfect. The people in it are not. But marriage does the same thing to every single husband and wife that enters it without fail. That's why you and I, when you say to someone, when someone is, when you ask, is the honeymoon over, no other explanation is needed because we all understand what that means is phase two has begun or the breaking has begun. And um, it's, a, it's a different because now you're beginning to experience the real person, the reality, not the, not the makeup, not the cover-up, 
But now in this phase, you're getting to see people for who they really are. In fact, the things that attracted you to that person now irritate you. So and I remember when I was married, it was like one of the things that attracted me to my ex-husband was that he was easygoing, laid back, you know, whatever I wanted to do, you know, I decided he funded it. Wow, that was a great arrangement. But then after we got married, what I thought was laid back when we were dating now is an irritation to me, and now laid back has become lazy. He didn't change. It's just God was ready to move on. Remember, God's in control because we have been bought with a price. And so God decides when the honeymoon is over. <laughs> we may take our parts, but at the end of the day, if we've given our lives to God, and he is the Lord of our life and the king of kings, and we are citizens, the king has the right to change the season. And so this next season or the breaking or the ordeal really is about self-preservation. And what you experience in this phase is conflict. What you're experiencing from your spouse or that person you're in, if it's a boss or if it's your pastor or if it's a friend, what you begin to experience is some of their unmet needs and the unloveliness in which they present themselves. You think about it. If you have a need and it hasn't gotten met for a long time, you've learned to compensate or cover it up And a lot of times what we've covered the needs up in are not the most lovely clothes. And so people begin to experience the the other part of us. You know, you begin to realize you have different expectations. One of you is thinking, oh, it'll always work out. You just need to chill. The other one's like saying, hey, if I don't work it out, nobody else will. Chill. I'll chill when you start working because if I'm still, nothing's going to happen. And so we begin to have these different expectations about life and about daily life and routines and how to approach them and, you know, arguments. You know, I say all the time, husbands and wives and people in general, and I speak to all significant relationships, you do not argue over 100 things. Every one of your arguments can be boiled down to one or two or three things. Every single argument can be boiled down to one or two or three things. The reason why that is is because the things that call – that 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 are conflictual in your relationship or the things that cause conflict or the things that contribute to conflict in your relationship have to do with your character. Remember, God is changing us into his image. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if we're going to change our mind, then we have to be confronted in our mind. And your spouse, your boss, your friend, when you get into this ordeal phase, your mindset is being confronted. Your mind is being confronted. You know, your strengths become the irritation of your spouse or your boss. Or his strengths begin to irritate your weaknesses. Why? Because Whenever your spouse or the, the significant person you're in relationship with is operating in their strength, they are exposing your weaknesses. And nobody likes their weaknesses exposed, hardly ever at all, and definitely not on a prolonged period. And so we go through all these things and we experience conflict, whether it's in marriage, because God is committed. He said the work he began in you, he's going to continue to perform it until the day of his return. So he is committed to changing you even when you're not committed to being changed. And so it creates a problem. There's a rub now. 
So when husband and wife get in conflict with each other, they're really not fighting with each other. They are fighting with the one who made them and is inviting them to change. But because we don't have that mentality, we have more of a fixed mentality, when it happens, it's so much easier to see what our spouse is doing to us versus what is coming from us that is contributing to the conflict. In the ordeal phase, there's a lot of hiding and coming out of hiding. Um, You know, Jesus died for our sin. So, you know, we're not dying for our sin anymore. But it's our responsibility to come out of hiding. He says in John, come to the light. He who comes to the light, bring yourself to the light. He says, if you walk in the light, you'll have fellowship. So the walking in the light, the coming to the light is our responsibility. And relationship game changers don't, uh, don't blame others and don't assign that responsibility to other people. They come to the light. They show up. And they can show up because they know they're loved and they know they're forgiven and they know that the confession of their sins enables them to take part in the forgiveness that Jesus won for us and brought for us 2,000 years ago. So they can show up. Isaiah said it this way. He said, come let us reason together so that I can acquit you of your sins. The challenge many married couples and relationships have is they are love-deprived. They are love-deprived. Listen, I know it's true because when there is a lot of love in the room, you will take risks. When there's a lot of love in the relationship, you are willing to take risks to show up and be yourself. But as a relationship game changer, you can't expect other people to bring the love. You have to be full of it and bring it. And when you are, you have the, uh, uh, the ability, the power, and the courage to show up because you don't need the other person to be a certain way for you to love. I just said a mouthful right there. I, I mean, that's just a huge. And if you're taking notes, I'm not even sure. But I just said a mouthful right there. Because the ordeal phase is where most couples and most relationships live indefinitely for years. And when you're in that phase, you say things like this, you never, you always, you act just like your father or your mother. You're not my father. You're not my mother. We're not even going there again. Listen, in that phase, you know the argument that you and your spouse or you and your boss or you and your friend have so well that they don't need to be there for you to have it. You can argue it, and then you can answer it. And you can have that whole argument on your way home and be mad as a hatter when you get home and your spouse or whoever didn't do anything to you. They just said hi. <laughs> you blow a gasket. Why? Because you've already had the argument because you've had it so many other times. And when you get the same thing over and over, um, for the relationship game changer understands that, um, that their best efforts will not produce the character, the person, or the relationship that God intended. It's only by yielding to the Holy Spirit that the character of Jesus Christ can be cultivated in us. And so in that phase is Song of Solomon. And, you know, in Song of Solomon, it talks about, in Song of Solomon 1.6, it talks about family of origin. So also at work, what's at work in this ordeal phase are family of origin issues. 
Now, I know that there is a teaching that says when you're born again, you know, whatsoever is born of God is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yes, that's true. Here's the challenge for those that hold that scripture, which it, it is true. All things become new. There is the, the finished work of Christ. You are a brand new person. Here's my challenge. When you are coping today in unhealthy ways, when you are responding in, in, in unhealthy ways or ways that you learned as a child, you, that is, you are responding to your spouse, your boss, your friend, the same way you responded when you were growing up with your family and you're still responding that way now, please understand your past is not your past. It is very much present. It is very much alive and well, and it is what God wants to deal with it because he can only deal with your past in the present, and he needs you there. And so when you're in this ordeal phase, he is allowing you to come to the present so you can deal with, examine, and allow him to work with you to work through those unhealthy coping styles and the ways you have learned to hide, disguise, and survive in relationship. We all have it. We all, all of us have it. Some are just honest enough to admit it, and others of us are just still confessing the word and just as dirty and ugly and unchanged on the inside as we were the day we received Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You wash the outside of the cup, but the inside is filthy. We're in a day, people of God, we are in a day where God is desiring clean cups on the inside. David said this way, you desire that I would know truth in my inner man. Other words, I just don't want, God just doesn't want us to know truth in our head and be able to regurgitate and recite scripture. He wants the word to penetrate our soul. He wants the word to penetrate where we're living, the pain, the hurt, and all of those things. And it's difficult. Because marriage is not hard work. It really isn't. It's heart work. And heart work is always hard work because heart work requires you to become vulnerable to someone. Heart work requires you to become vulnerable and allow someone to, one, see you naked, two, touch uh, and, and address that wound and cover you and help you and take you where you don't want to go. Well, Kim, where is that in Scripture? Because I, I hear you, but it's in John 21. It says, when you were young, you dressed yourself and went where you wished. But now that you're old, you will stretch out your hands, which is a position of vulnerability. Another will dress you meaning they will have to see you naked if they are the ones to clothe you, and they will take you, in essence, where you can't take yourself. That's what Jesus told Peter about the process. So if we are going to move beyond this second phase or this breaking and come out of this in a manner that God can distribute us to those he would have us to influence and in the relationships that he's given us, then we have to get to this place where we'll stretch out our hands and we'll allow somebody to see our nakedness and our ugliness. And the beauty of it is, you know, and, and the experience I've had, as God has allowed that to happen, 
and it's been, and sometimes it's with safe, sometimes it's with safe people, and they are the most beautiful times because a safe person is not judging you because they, because they are like you. They've walked the same path as you. And so they're not there to judge you. They sincerely want to help you. And then there are times where God will use someone who, who, who doesn't necessarily have your interest at heart. I'm not talking about abuse and signing up for abuse. I'm talking about there are times when perhaps your spouse or your supervisor or somebody that, that you love has said something to you that is hurt, that is hurt, but it was true. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. So there are times where people will tell you the truth, and it will hurt. But God says it's not to destroy you, it's to establish you. And he can't establish you if you don't agree or admit where you are. So if I were saying, if, 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 if I were having you to my house for dinner, the first thing I would have to, and you needed directions, the first thing I would have to ask you is, from where are you coming? And that's the, precisely the same thing that happened in this ordeal. God is asking you, where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? I heard your footsteps. I heard a threat. So I was hiding. Sound familiar? That's our story. That's part of the story. And so in the ordeal phase, you know, you have to, at some times, you have to look at some of the family of origin issues. Why? Because roots grow under the ground. I call it marinade. Every one of us has been marinated in something. You have a marinade. Your spouse has a marinade. Your friend has a marinade. Your pastor has a marinade. The church has a marinade. Everybody has a marinade, and sometimes our marinades don't work together. They don't. They don't. They just. It just doesn't flow. This just tastes, you know, garlic and and uh, you know, I don't know, honey don't go together. I mean, they just have two distinct tastes and flavor. And so, a lot of times, what happens? God has to break those things down so that He can remake them in a flavor that is tasteful to himself. So you have to deal with those issues. And then in Song of Solomon, it talks about that she's a garden enclosed, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. And that's how we come. We come as a fountain closed up, a spring shut up. There's so much more in you than than you reveal or that you show to the world. And the ugliest part of you is the part that hides, the facade, the the, the exterior that you've dressed up and made it to be what you want it to be. It's all the things that, 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 you, that you believe, that, that you may even believe about yourself. It could be the degrees you have. It, it, whatever you're hanging your hat on, that's the least of you. What God wants is your heart. And that's what God wants. And only game changers, relationship game changers, understand how to see Feel, touch, and create space for another person's heart. And thereby they become, have the ability to influence outcomes in the relationship. And the third phase, and I, I mean, I could talk about any one of these long. As a matter of fact, I have a course that dwells deeply into each one of these. And Amy, we'll have to get this uploaded too so people can 
do what they want to do with it. Uh, but each one of these is in a is in a course that takes you through a process of discovering that you that God wants to show up and show out in relationship. The third the third thing God wants to do is distribute us, redistribute us, and I call that restored love or redeeming love. Redeeming love. Redeeming love is the recognition that God wants me to participate in other people's healing. See, we're so quick. We just all we want to do is give the three steps of salvation and and, and that's it. You know, salvation and getting in the door. I mean, we're going to leave people at the door. And And sometimes, you know, we can't take people to the front door called Jesus. Sometimes we have to go into the side door to get to Jesus. There, I've heard it said, and I believe that there are many ways to Jesus, but only one way to God. So some of the way we are approaching and getting people to Christ, it, it hasn't worked wholesale, not in this country. So we have to find some side doors. And one of the side doors, everybody's got a heart and everybody has feelings, and there's not a feeling that someone else has that you can't identify with. And so when you become a relationship game changer, you are just becoming what I call ambidextrous. You've got more than one way to approach a relationship because you don't have a fixed mentality about that person nor yourself. So you're free to move about the cabin. People that have a fixed mindset about relationships and who somebody is have the most trouble in relationships. The least adaptable, those of us that have to be carefully kept, you've got to speak to us a certain way, you've got to approach us the right way, we have the least success in relation, or the hardest time in relationships because there's so many rules other people have to observe in order to connect with us. And so it makes it difficult. And then, you know, many people just give up and just get tired. They just don't want to do that. They don't want to do the work all the time. And so, but in redeeming love, we understand, relationship game changers understand that God wants to use me, my life, my story, my body, mixed together with his word to take part in the healing of somebody else. And that healing includes introducing them to Christ, helping them enter the kingdom, helping them understand what a kingdom citizen is, not, a, not necessarily teaching them what to be a wife is, or a husband, but teach them how to be a kingdom citizen, and they will be an honorable wife and an honorable husband. We've just been focused on the wrong thing, and we have what we have. But redeeming love understands the finished work of the cross. You know, you have a, 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 a different view of people. You have a different view of your spouse. And now because you're no longer needing him or her, you are free to be something to him or her. See, as long as you're hung up on getting your needs met, you're not free. You're just not free. And so we want to get to the place where we're experiencing redeeming love, and that's what becoming a relationship game changer is. It's about living living in and living out of the redeeming love of Christ, the finished work of the cross. And we'll pick up here next week because, like I said, I've said a lot tonight. I didn't finish the real deal. And maybe we'll go a little bit deeper into them. I'll tell you what, if you have a question, then you can email me at Kim at more, M-O-O-R-E, on relationships.com. You can private message me on Facebook. Uh, If you're interested in relationship game changers, 
please let me know. We'll put you and leave me your email. We will put you on the mailing list so that you will stay up to date. And when that opens up, then you can be some of the first to enter in and, and become a founding participant in that, in that process. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good place to end. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that your word is true. Let every man be a liar. I thank you that you are raising up relationship game changers, relationship influencers, God, that, Father God, that are showing up in relationship, exercising their freedom, and, uh, Father God, influencing outcomes, Lord. I thank you that they walk in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, that, Father, they love as a sovereign act of their will, Father, Lord, that they need no one, and yet they need everyone, Father. I thank you that they depend upon you to meet all of their needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you that these seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and your righteousness, and that you will add everything else to them. Lord, I declare freedom in the name of Jesus for every husband and wife. We declare freedom in the name of Jesus. We declare a divine reset is taking place in the hearts and minds of husbands and wives. We thank you and we praise you that they are becoming knowledgeable and, Lord, enjoying all the rights, responsibilities, and privileges of kingdom citizenship, Father. We thank you and we praise you for the opportunity, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we just thank you tonight. We thank you for all these on the line. I thank you for the one, God, that, that, that Lord, is crying out to you the most tonight. I pray, Father God, that you would cause these words to simmer in their soul, Father. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you are drawing your people to yourself. For you said no man can come to you unless he's drawn by the Holy Spirit. Put a draw on your people tonight, God. I thank you that the wisdom of God is on display in their hearts and their minds. And, Father God, I bless you today. I thank you, Lord. I see them jumping for joy and leaping all over the place because they're free in Jesus' name. I say they are free in Jesus' name. I thank you that they're free to think and decide for themselves. I thank you, Father God, that they live in relationship together and work through hierarchy, Father. I declare in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen their connection, Father God, even as they find their commonality in you. Lord, I bless you tonight, and I worship you and give you all the praise and glory. Now, I plead the blood of Jesus over all of these, and I declare that they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word and the testimony of Jesus Christ, and because they love you more than they love themselves. Now, Father God, I bind the spirit of backlash right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you will uphold the divine restraining order, God, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for Megan today, God, who reached out Lord, today, God, and, and Lord, is just being uh, released uh, from an abusive relationship tonight, God. I pray that you would strengthen her in her mind, God. Lord, give her wisdom to know what to do. Put people around her, God, that would support her and her children through this time. Father God, draw this husband to yourself, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would send ministering angels, God that you would draw him, God, and that they would, he would cry out, Abba, Father, that he too, his knee would bow and his tongue would confess that you were Lord. Do these things and glorify yourself in all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amy? Amy, are you there? Maybe she's on silent. Well, guys, I think 
that's a wrap. Let me give you the replay number for today's call. Will be six zero five four seven five four nine eight zero. The access code is three four one zero 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 pounds, and the reference code is one hundred pounds. And probably in about an hour, maybe two hours, because sometimes it takes a little bit to upload. This will be on Spotify, and if you have the app. You can just listen to this message, 100, or any of the other messages that we have been posting there. So we want to um, make sure you have that information. And um, just one second, someone's texting me. <laughs> I just got a text from somebody on the line, and they're saying that they want to be a relationship, uh, relationship game changer. God is already changing me. I could never... Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, wow, wow, yeah. Yeah, text me, guys, or text me, private message. Let's do this together. You can do it alone, but check this out. You've been doing it alone. How's it working for you? You have what you have. It's meant to be done in relationship. And so, as I said at the beginning, every problem is a relationship and every answer is a relationship. So decide, decide carefully those relationships in your life. Well, I love you. I bless you. I thank you so much for being on the call each week. I continue to ask you, please share these calls. Uh, comment on my page if you get something out of the call. It's not just about you or me. It's about serving those that God has called us to serve. And we do that as each one reaches one. And so as you learn, and I found with myself when I do this, when I learn something, I go tell somebody. I go share it. I may not have it all together, but I will share to the extent that I understand, and I'll say, you know, I don't, got, I don't have all this, but I'm going to tell you, I just got this revelation, and this is what I think means. I'm praying about it because the sooner you share it, it's the next step of solidifying what you got in your soul because Satan is right there seeking to steal, kill, and destroy and steal what you receive. So the quickest way to prevent him from doing that, one is to write it, two is to speak it to speak it, put it in the atmosphere. So I encourage you to do that. And again, always, if you have questions, you know how to get in touch with me. I love you. I will see you next week, God willing. Have a great evening. God bless you.